Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. What's up? This is Michael Rapport. You are now listening to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Today we have very, very special guest, pop culture icon, the one and only Maury Povich is with me. He is celebrating his show's 21st anniversary. Maury Povich and the Maury Povich Show have been on the air for 21 years today. This is Museum Quality Podcast, and we're talking about Maury's 21 years in the business, plus being a newsman, what's real news, what's fake news, his love of sports, and so much more with pop culture icon, the one and only Maury Povich on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Maury, 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 Miles, Jordan, let's start this off with something real nice and get right into it with the great... Mori Povich. This I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is proudly sponsored by Blue Chew. Thank you, Blue Chew, for supporting the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, the only chewable pill that is guaranteed to have you going 15 rounds in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using the promo code LOAF, L-O-A-F. That's LOAF, L-O-A-F. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. The promo code is LOAF for certified sugar ticket. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOAF, L-O-A-F, at BlueChew.com. All right, Maury Povich. Are we making a special announcement? The Maury Povich podcast. When you're when you're no, there's no podcast. No, you sure? Let me tell you, my hero, 
in the business was Johnny Carson. Yep. Because when he said bye on his show, you never heard of him again. Right. And that's my fondest dream. Right. Is that when I say goodbye, there will be no until next time, America. It will be over. What would make you say goodbye? You've been doing, <laughs> I mean, you've been, you know, a lot of people uh, uh, forget that you did news before. Right. The pop culture masterpiece uh, of, of the Maury Povich show. But what at this point, you know, you've been working, the show's been going going into the 21st year soon? 28, 20, between the Maury Povich show and the Maury show, it's 28 years. And then before that, news. It was a current affair, which was a big time, kind of like brought tabloid journalism to the forefront. And before that, I was a wandering anchorman. I uh, anchored newscasts in Washington, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Philadelphia. So, you know, for me, like I always look at like it's an artistic endeavor. You know, it's a performance. What you do on the show is a performance. What news people do is a performance. I agree. And and we don't break down uh, like athletes. You know, we don't. Uh, uh, you know, our knees don't go out. You know, Kobe would keep right, going if he could. Right. Derek Jeter. So, so you know, you've been going so so long. So when you say when you leave, you leave, you're going to leave. What at this point would make you leave? Like, why would you want to do it if you could well, still do it? Well, what would make me leave is when NBC decides uh, we've had enough, <laughs> and so far they haven't. I mean, I just signed a new two year contract. So there's two more years of the Maury Pover show at for least, sure. At least. Right. And I, I don't know after that. Uh, Michael, you know as well as I do. You know when you do a show and it's uh, and and the next year there's a second season and the next you're fine. But guess what? You've done shows one season and out, two seasons and out, five seasons and yeah, out. Yeah. I mean it happens and and the difference is you probably can't control whether a show continues or Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No control. I have about 10% control. Well, at, this, <laughs> like at this point, you have 10%. You, you have but if they want to say, that's it, that's it. Uh, either that or I go somewhere else and try to do it again, but I wouldn't. This is my last stop. But do you think that that propensity, that need, that, that, that thing that we have as entertainers, as artists. I hate that word. Because well, when look, I grew first up, of all, I, I it doesn't don't, die. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, the one of the reasons why I do talk shows now and not newscasts uh-huh. is because I, I never really believed in that anchorman ego. I mean, when you're, when you're an anchor, because I sat next to a lot of anchormen and they always feel because they were an anchor that somehow they were better than others. And somehow they, 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 they were condescending in a way. To, and I hated that. Right. So, because I believed, guess what? We're performers. Right. And now more people in, in, in written media have become performers on TV because they can't, they can't make enough money as a writing journalist that's done they have to be contributors to msnbc fox cnn in order to to you know make enough money to live so you your wife is connie chung and and she's like hall of fame broadcaster hall of fame news person all american you've been across you've been next to anchormen that i'm sure some are good some are bad some are in between this whole thing 
It's every day. Fake news, right? Real news, right? Not real news. Yeah. Uh, attack on the media, not attack on me. Right. What, what is your take on on that thing? Because you sit there and like your wife is an established person right. in this. She's a she's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. You took what you did seriously. Right. Whether this guy has an ego or not, they take what they do seriously. Absolutely. On, on, on all your experience that you've had being a news person first, what is your just take on the whole fake news, not fake news, like, and with all this social media shit that's right. going on now? So first of all, I'm glad I'm not in the news business these days. My wife is glad she's not in the news business these days because she can't practice her craft the way she used to in today's environment. It's impossible because of the 24-hour news cycle and the banging every 10 minutes of a new tweet from somebody or uh, social media. Basically, social media runs news. It's incredible. And, and that's not the way we grew up in the news business. We believed that we were observers. We weren't participants. Right. And uh, we, we, we have a DNA in us that, that says that wasn't, that wasn't what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to gather information and then draw a conclusion on that information and report it to the public. And that's all it was. It wasn't saying, it wasn't slanting anything a certain way. It wasn't having an agenda. Too many news outlets today have an agenda. Do you, do you feel, is that real? Yeah, and, and I hate to say it. And I, and I hate to say it about some news organizations First of all, I'm a product. My father was the sports columnist of the Washington Post for 75 years. Right. The Washington Post, to me, is family. I still think it is a great newspaper. However, I can see some changes, and, not, and, and they're very subtle. It's how stories are, are headlined. Uh-huh. Where uh, the story begins to talk about... Uh, opinions what people say and i know they try to separate it from the news pages and the editorials but sometimes the way a story is played has a subtle effect of having an agenda how is this all gonna i mean you're not a fortune teller you you, you didn't bring your crystal ball how is this whole media like is is the how is this going to end well it's it's very interesting I, I think somewhere along the line Somewhere, either the public or politicians are going to wake up and say, enough is enough. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't. Certainly it's not going to happen in this era. If you want to call it a Trumpian era or whatever, it's not going to happen then because that's his, that's his number one way to communicate. Is the, 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 is the tweets. Right. Did you ever imagine? No. You covered Kennedy. No. Yeah. I covered Kennedy. I covered Johnson. Uh, I've been around White Houses a long time. You've been in the White House? Oh, yeah. What is it like in the White House? Like, compare the White House to my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but what what is it like? Like, what is your memory of like being strangely enough? Does it smell funny? Well, it's first of all, I mean, as a journalist, I've been at the White House as a journalist and I've been at the White House as a visitor, like dinners and stuff. I have been to the dinners. That's cool. And and uh, 
I have to say this morning, every single person that I, not every single person, but I missed out. Obama, I had friends that I was like, they would take they pictures. Did, they, they, I was like, how is this guy in the White House? And I, I just like, I was, I never why, got on the list. Why did, the you basketball. never got... I just did, you know, and I thought you as know, much of a basketball fan as was he was, and best. you were. It's probably for the best for everybody's interest. I would have stole did something. You, did you come close? I didn't even come close, but I didn't put did myself. You, I'm sure you had friends who've been there. I mean, but I had friends that like you'd be like this, this fucking guy's at the White House, like, <laughs> and then they're like, he, I'm back at the White House, like he's well, taking me, and I'm like, I know this guy. Well, How get, did this guy get to the White House? Well, guess what? See, I had the same experience that you did. All right, I. I'm a golfer, right. right? I played golf for 25 years with this Midland, Texas wildcatter named George W. Bush. Wow. And I, George W. Bush and I were, have been friends for many, many years. Uh-huh. Uh, he was the last person in our group of 12 people that we would ever think would be president of the United States or even the governor of Texas. Right. I mean, George W. Bush was a wildcatter, and then because of his friends in Texas, ended up running the Texas Rangers baseball team. I thought that's where it was ending because, you know, George's father, of course, was president, but I never thought George would, you know, w- would have that much appeal if you, to if be you, elected. If you could go back in time and you had to put bets, George W. Bush or Donald Trump, like, would you go? George hmm. W. Bush. He would have a better shot. <laughs> better shot. And and just when we thought it was okay, but I, I don't want to get off because I don't want to go down Georgia. Bridge. I want to go White House. Yeah. What, what is what so, is it? What is it like? So what happened? Was, I got candles burning in here. What do they right. got? In there? I mean, I would go into the Oval Office, for instance, when Lyndon Johnson was president, as a journalist. And Lyndon, now as a journalist, it's just a workaday thing. I mean, you don't really think. Is it of, big in there? It. What part? The Oval Office. The Oval Office. Yeah, it's, uh, I'd say I'm looking at your apartment. It's maybe twice the size, maybe three times the size. And it is oval. Right. <laughs> and it, the classic is there, there, there's the, uh, the desk, the resolute desk. And uh, everybody has that same desk. That's that same desk that John Kennedy had when Caroline oh. was, was underneath it and, things, and John Jr. was underneath uh-huh. it. And then there are two sofas. Right. And next, uh, two sofas uh, face each other. And then there are two chairs uh, next to the two sofas. And uh, it's got a big emblem rug, usually. George W. Bush had a yellow rug. And it's remained that this, this sort of setup? Sometimes the, the setup is the same in terms of the sofas and the chairs. The decor can change. Right. I mean, it, it was yellow in George Bush's day. It could be blue gotcha. in another. Uh, who knows? I got And they you. might change the paintings. They I might change you. the sculptures. But uh, the surroundings are the same. The desk is in the same place. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it, it, at the same time, it's it looks powerful mm. and it's inviting. That's crazy. That's cool. And I got to get in there somehow. I'm, I gotta I'm, get in there somehow. No, if I, uh, I'll, I'll work it. I, I could do it. I gotta put myself out there. I don't think it's gonna happen in the next two I, years. I don't think so. I <laughs> just don't think I'm Michael, gonna get that invite. I don't. I know. I, I think. I don't seen, think. I've seen your tweets. I've I, seen your rants. It's I not gonna happen. So. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll be ready. All right. The Maury Povich show. Right. 
Did you ever imagine going into 20 years, 21st year, two, you got a two-year contract, that it would be this? Oh, my God, no. Like, you're, you, you know, like, they go, like, pop culture, like, you know, relevance. And, they're, and when they're oh. saying relevance, they're really ba- basically, I think like they're saying age. You're not relevant anymore. You're not re- right. Like, you're, like, you've been relevant. Generational now. Pop culture, like, stample of Americana. Like, when, when we're dead and buried 300 years from now, like, Maury Povich, the Maury Povich show will be, like, a thing right. that's... So I would see a 20-year-old on the street, and he would recognize me. And he said, oh, man, I grew up watching you. My grandmother still watches you. So it's kind of like it crosses all social classes and all age groups. It's, it's quite remarkable. I have, you know, I've had kids. My son was in college. I've had, I've had grandkids in college. They all talk about people come back. And watch the show. They DVR the show. They watch. They stream the show. I mean, these are college kids. And and at the same time, I have an older group that's been following me for twenty eight years. It's did you did you ever imagine never that like the never, Sperminator never and 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 all the the lie detectors never. and the, I mean I've and you're there. a newsman like I like know. how did this happen? I mean, I started in this talk show in nineteen ninety one. When did you start? What did you start? I started acting like 1991. Okay. Like and that's I think, think. And you think, wow, I've been around a long time. Right. So have I. Right. <laughs> and because, but in 1991, you had already had a whole life. I had, yeah, I had, I had, you know, anchored all over the place. I had had a current affair. I wouldn't have been a talk show house with, without the success of a current affair because nobody knew right. me nationally. And that show kind of put me on the map. And, and, but I never, ever expected. That it would last like this. In the in the beginning of the Maury Povich show, was it supposed to be? Was it imagined to be what it is no, now? Not at all. What was what I'll was the beginning, and then what was the breaking I'll, point? I'll put it to you this way: one of the first shows we ever did, so maybe a year in or something like that, and the kind of shows we did, we went to Waco, Texas. Do you oh, remember the yeah. Branch Davidians? Yes, that was our story. All right. That was a news story, and I was doing it as a talk show host. So those were the kinds of stories. I would say the lie detectors and the paternity tests came on circa 1999, 2000, 2001. That's when they got to be very popular. And, and when did you guys know, you and your staff and your producers know, like, forget the real hard news. Uh, uh, this is, people are going crazy for this. All, all you had to do was look at the ratings when we did those shows and the, and the bounce we got upward in the ratings when we did a lie detector show and a paternity show versus a show like uh, Makeovers. Right. <laughs> and when did you go, fuck it, like, I'm all in. Like, I don't care, like, you know, this, you know, I don't care that, you know, the late, great Walter Con- Cronkite. Right. I don't care that my right. wife is this right. esteemed journalist. Right. Tom exactly. Brokaw, I see you at a right. bar, you could kiss my ass. Right. I, my show right. gets more rating. Like, when did you go, fuck it? Like, I'm enjoying this. This is cool. And were, were you comfortable with this that? Is how, it, this is how I, I justify it. And I justify it today. And I justify it in terms of my background. I am a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I was a storyteller when I was in the news business. I'm a storyteller now. Every single story in a DNA show, to me, has a unique quality. 
I don't know what that quality might be. I want to find out. There is something going on in each story that makes it individual. And I believe that if I can touch that, that's going to make a difference, not only in how I tell the story, but how it's received. And I believe, even though Lord knows I have enough critics who say I exploit these subjects, I exploit these people, if I can get a father into a life of a young kid when they denied being the father and I prove for them to be the father and they end up being a parent to that child, mm -hmm. I rest my show. I am Rappaport Podcast. Let me tell you something. Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I only place my money and make my action at my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are your best bet this season. Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. My bookie has been in business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been great to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. You win, they pay. No funny business. They have in-game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible, okay? So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional 25 bucks free to play on deposits over $100. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Join now, okay? And they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Enter the promo code RAPPAPORT25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code RAPPAPORT25, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T, 2525 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid only at mybookie.ag. How much follow-up, uh, you know, sometimes you'll do a uh, where are they nows. Right. How much follow-up uh, uh, do, do you guys do? And like even the ones that aren't on there, like you're like, oh, that guy, Tony, do you do you curiously like think about like random people like I hope that guy's okay I hope that kid's okay I hope Absolutely. the family's okay Absolutely and my producers keep in touch with those subjects and from time to time I had the greatest thing the other day where I brought back uh, a family from 15 years ago where this guy refused to believe he was the father not only did he come back and tell him that he was a parent, but he and the woman married, uh, and this child is in college today. And it, 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 the inception, the start of it was start from the show. Was, where, where he denied being the father, he didn't want anything to do with that child. Now, all the craziness and the fighting and the yes, screaming and sure. the yelling, are you ever like, this has gone too far, like while it's happening, or are you ever like, this is going to get out of hand, like now you're probably comfortable with their security, but but like when it was first started, like that sort of like wrestling, like right. real life fighting, were you right. like? W w yeah, I I the you're the, Jewish, right? Yeah, you're just a nice oh, Jewish guy. Oh, These guys are going nuts. Only a hundred percent. Right, me too. 
I'm full blown Ashkenazi Jew. Me too. Okay, good. <laughs> you might you might be the first guest that's full blown Ashkenazi. Full blown. Jew. Full blown. Yeah, we see, and we always. I've had half. I sort didn't of. Even, I, and then I grew up. Did you grow up this way where? There was a kind of a class system within the Jewish community. Yes, yes. Where the German Jews thought they were better than the Eastern European Jews. Well, they always had a complex about, you know, right. thinking the German they're Jews thought they were smarter. Yeah. They were all the bankers. Yes. Things like that. Yes. Especially Absolutely. in New York. But. Absolutely. In New York, there's a whole there's a whole sort of in you know, flux of hierarchy of, of the Jews and right. all that stuff. Right. And I, you know, for a persecuted people, I always marveled at the fact that we got our own caste system here. Right, right. It's insane. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I had a good rep representation of the fighting, and it was my good friend, Jerry Springer. And I love Jerry, and Jerry likes me, but the one great thing about Jerry is that he admits what he is. His show is wrestling. Right. And my show is not. Right. And so when Jerry got into that, I knew I couldn't. Uh-huh. And yet, if it happens, if things happen on the show that are really out of hand, and believe it or not, although you won't see it on TV, it does happen from time to time where somebody lunges at somebody. And you're not going to see it or I get my security guys to, to stop it before it happens. Uh, we, we just would never permit it. Okay. And Do, Are they warned because beforehand? It, because I think it lessens, believe it or not, it lessens the importance of the story. But the, but the fans love it. Oh, my golly. In the audience? In they go nuts, audience, right? They'll go nuts. I got 200 people on every show that will watch our show live. And they're, they're like chomping at the oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Have there, have Especially there, if we tape at night. Right. <laughs> because it's later in the day. Maybe they have a little day, wine or something, been, a little they've vino. They've been somewhere before. Got you. So when, so when you guys shoot, like what is the shoot schedule now? Do you shoot more than one show in a day? I shoot. I shoot. First of all, we shoot about 130, 135 shows a year. Okay. I shoot a total of maybe 27 weeks a year. I shoot on Thursdays. 10 a.m. is the first show. 11.30 is the second show. One o'clock is the third show. And then on Friday, 10 o'clock and 11.30. Okay. And so it's five a week. For the 27 Thursday, weeks. For the 27 weeks. And I break it up. I do about four and then take a week off or two weeks That's off. a nice schedule, but you've earned that. I mean, like, there's a few shows on television that are like SVUs, like that thing's oh, been you're on. going, yeah, but that's been on forever. That's been on forever. Dick Wolf, yeah. He, he's, he's, did you ever do those? I did. Uh, I Lord, bet you did one earlier. I did, Lauren. You know, I got into it late. Like, they say you haven't made it until you've done an episode of SVU. And I had been, I had gotten reached out over the years and it was scheduling and this, that. And then finally, I did one about three or four years ago. And I felt like I finally had, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, we all have, you know, I, I, I got to do that in my career. Or my right. career is not full. If you're an answer on Jeopardy. <laughs> Have you been an answer on Jeopardy yes, yet? That's yes. cool. And did you know it was coming? No. How did you find out? Uh, a guy called me. A friend of mine called me. That would have been sick if you were watching Jeopardy right. and you were. Man, my wife's an answer all the time. Right. And the second thing is an answer in the New York Times Sunday crossword Then puzzle. you've really done it. That's, that's it. The, the, <laughs> and, and if you, you could describe the different variations of the overall Oval Office decorations. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, okay, so I want to ask, uh, uh, you, you know, a few of the, the guests that, sure. that have stuck out. The Sperminator. Right. 
the the one and also like one that is this a real thing? The the show with the twins. Yes. That's an actual thing. So, so the I, woman had sex with two different people. No, and tw- she co- she comes on, accuses a guy of being the father of her twins. Right. So the one thing I s- smartly did when I first started the show is I don't know the answers to any result. You're finding out in real time. Wouldn't you want to? Yes. Because the questions you ask, if you knew the answer, they would be skewed. Yes. Uh, the, you would know something more than not only your live audience and your guests, but your audience at home. So you don't want to know any. You want to be as surprised as they are and without shock or without, you know, acting shock. So I open up the envelope and this guy being accused of the father of twins is the father of one, but not the other. How could that be? Fraternal twins, not identical twins. But identical twins, the same egg, same 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 fraternal twins. So she's baking two chickens in one oven. Correct. Which means, I don't know. uh, Whatever. Whenever that period when a woman is ovulating and can can get pregnant, she slept with two guys, and. Two things happened. Two chickens. Yes. And did on the show, did you guys track down Father B? No. Where is Father B? I don't know. I don't know. The woman was so shocked. She, she just left it as is. I don't I don't know. What year was that? I'm gonna say it was about, I'd say 10 years ago, maybe. Have the people eight, eight been years ago? Chomp, I mean, people must want to get some update on that. Oh, you know something? That's a crazy way Guess to come what? into the world. It's a, I'm gonna talk to my staff. Let's find out where did that father get involved? Did the woman find out who the uh, other father was? And how did the children turn out? And the sperminator is a guy. Explain who the sperminator is. Fantastic 20, name. 20 kids. <laughs> sperminator. He goes and he goes and Women want to have children, okay? They need um, uh, uh, lesbians. Yes. Want to have children. So th- he provides the sperm for them. And he, he drops and it set, off? Uh, yeah. He's, and yes. It, uh, I, think, I think it's happened over 20 sometimes. I think maybe he had relations once or twice. Uh-huh. But uh, for the most part, yes, you drop it off and you insert the sperm and uh the most amazing thing is he gets into the lives of these kids as the father as the father as the birth father and i'm going wow i mean that's some responsibility i mean yeah, are you kidding me dude, that's you know we all have stories of friends you know back in the college days they went to sperm banks and delivered sperm and right they kept it there and they got paid a little bit because they didn't have the money I guess to, uh, to to live or something, and so this guy wants to be the daddy. And what is he like in real life? He's kind of a strange guy. He, yeah, no shit. I mean, <laughs> he's almost meek. I mean, he was he wasn't a outlandish personality. He was kind of he looked like a guy off the street. I mean, a regular guy off the street. Right. He's I got mean, a certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah. I mean. I, I don't get it, but uh, he—he—that's his calling. And what's a, a sort of like a sleeper best of show that like doesn't get the sort of you know brought up? Like if I said to you like, what's another one that like that's a good one and and it doesn't I, get the credit? I can tell you the one that uh, YouTube is very thankful for. 
because it, it could be 10 million views by now. We used to do a show, and we still do it sometimes. A woman had a phobia. She could not stand to be around a pickle. <laughs> and she was called the pickle lady. Uh-huh. And so the way we do these phobia shows, whatever phobia you have, we used to bring the phobia on and then break, and then the woman would go back with one of these you know, psychologist guys, and they would, by the end of the show, calm this person down and change their views towards their phobia. So we brought out a barrel of pickles. Uh, you remember the old barrel of yes, pickles? Yes. And the delicatessen? Yes. She went nuts. I she mean, freaked she out? Freaked I've out. I've never seen this show. Freaked out. And just ran all over the place screaming, it was a pickle. I mean, a pickle. How do you find this person? Well, like, we, we, all we have to do is advertise something like that. Phobias. We're looking for phobias. Yeah. Well, we had one woman who couldn't stand cotton balls. And we, uh, she couldn't stand the sound of a cotton ball in one's fingers. Uh-huh. We took an intern, and he came out as the cotton ball man <laughs> with cotton balls all over his body. I mean, you look like he was, he was from a Class C ghost movie or something she took a look at the cotton and went nuts she's going crazy crazy so nuts. in this day of I mean, people people were afraid, uh, scared of balloons people were scared of clowns people i mean it, it was crazy and, and, but in this day is, is it harder now because there's so many outlets for people to uh show their absurdities their craziness oh sure you know like their their, their social media their youtube right is it harder now to sure. track down those absolutely. those gems those stories yes absolutely it is first of all they become personalities in their own right, right. they just go on youtube right they, they don't create need they create themselves by themselves they don't need me it's crazy i mean i mean you don't need you don't need me anymore it's like i watch network news today uh -huh. Now you have the you have the regular section, probably the 14, 15 minutes of the news, then they break, then they come back. And the next segment is nothing but three YouTube stories. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, all they do is scroll through the social media, mm -hmm. the network news people. And I'm going, never used to be this way. We what? used to have 30 minutes of news. So 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 if I say to you, Maury, with with all this fake news, uh, not fake news, real news, sort of fake news. You, how do people get informed? Like, what would you say, like, the top three places to sort of get something? If you is, wanted to? If you want to. Like, you're like... If you, I, want to say, if you want to say, okay, I'm tuning out everything. I just want to see what happens. I want... So, I want... Yeah. I want to see what Or happens. even read it. God forbid. Right. I would go... Well, I would go to the PBS NewsHour. I right. think they do a good job. And if there, if there is opinion and stuff, they balance it out. They, don't, they, they usually have both sides. Uh, believe it or not, I mean, not, not, that, I'm a, not that, that I'm an elitist or anything, but I watch the BBC News sometimes because the, I get more international news right. than anywhere else. Right. Believe it or not, even though I know where the uh, Wall Street Journal is coming from, I read the... I read... This is... The papers that are delivered every day to my house still, unfortunately, in the print version, although I read them all also online. 
The Times, uh-huh. The Washington Post, The New York Post, The New York Daily News, USA Today, and The Wall Street Journal. And you go through them all. Yeah. And what do you, without being like specific going, you know, breaking them each down, is there a difference? Obviously, the New York Post and the Daily News. What, I like, what I'd like to see is which, which ones feel which story is more important to have the headline in a certain place. Right. That's how I judge uh, uh, a, a, a company. I understand. Uh, that's, why I, that's where I judge the medium is what, do you, what, what did you decide in your big conference meeting that your number one headline is going to be. I got you. Now, obviously, some days, you know, it's going to be the same because the event was so big. I mean, Michael Cohen the other day, you know, going to court and admitting this, that's a headline for everybody. I mean, unless J-Lo appeared somewhere. Exactly. She could have. Or, you know, Beyonce lost jewels. Right. Something like that. But that was across, like, there's some days where it's just like it's a unanimous decision. By the way, I, do you know Jay-Z? I met him. I know him. Like we've met. I know him. He would say, "What's up, Mike? How you doing?" Years ago, I I invited him on the show, and I thought I had him. And instead, he sent me a he sent me an autographed poster of his of his record album. And you didn't get him. Didn't get him. But but you know there are people. A lot of rappers, for instance. I mean, I'm in their songs. Of course, man. I'm in their songs. Yeah, you get name dropped. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, who, who asked me to be in their video recently? T-Pain. T-Pain asked you to be in their video? Uh, yeah. Did I, you do it? I, no, I haven't done it. I haven't, I haven't done it. I, 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 sh- I don't. I've been in some. Right. Which ones was I in? Which one? I can't remember which one I was in. Yeah, Drake used a clip of me once. That's big. We invited Cardi B on because she was having problems with a boyfriend, I thought. She was afraid. I, but you should try to get Cardi B on. I guarantee you, you she's. I, I know she's a fan, and I don't know Cardi B. I think Lil Wayne might have been on my show when he was little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should be like you know when when rapper beeps instead of them going online and fighting, they like you. you they should come on your show and you help solve them. You know, this is a story I've heard, and believe it or not, I don't go on podcasts, and I'm glad to be on your podcast. But Sha- Shaq has a podcast. Yes. And I'm going on Shaq's podcast because Shaq watches my show every day. Of course. And not only that, he says he and his buddies bet as to whether they're the father or not. That's funny. <laughs> they place bets in real time. So w- what else do you watch? Like you're in this, you're, you, you love your golf. What is, is Tiger? I, I am so. You're upset at Tiger. I can't stand him. I'm not saying everybody has to be politicized. I'm not saying, but like to sit I just think he's such a chump. Like, I just think he doesn't stand for anything. And like to sit, like, he's just a sucker. Like, I just think he's a sucker. I think it's just, I I think some athletes are so involved and so absorbed by what they do. Politics and political people are outside of their world. Uh, But then you don't have to, then why are you hanging out with them and playing golf with them? Well, you know. Wouldn't be my first choice. Right. Uh, but, you know, when a president of the United... Well, I think, you know, I have a feeling they played golf together before he was president. Right. Too. Who I, knows? I think they had... I think they, you know, they knew each other. I think when... In the good old days when Tiger was really being Tiger. See, that's also the thing. Cut the bullshit. 
Get to Applebee's, get to Red Lobster, get to TGIF Friday, and let the real tiger come out. You'll be back on top. Otherwise, you're just going to be in second place. <laughs> well, I mean, I so I mean, I will not criticize any athlete who says I'm just not political. I, I, me neither. But when you're when you're being the thing that really bothered me recently is that I, I get that. And people, and there's actors, and there's entertainers. Actors too. I get it. I have no problem with that. I don't expect that. But I would ex- the thing that I would expect from Tiger is when, when Trump is tweeting about you, and Tiger this, Tiger that, say something about Don't get used as a pawn out of his mouth to try to sway. Well, that's, how, that's, that's, that's what I don't like. That's, that's unfortunately always the possibility is that you unknowingly, and by the way, he was blindsided. By, yes. By the, then uh, say something. Put a tweet out or, or a statement or s- something. I am Rappaport Podcast. I told you once, I'm going to tell you again. Guys, I know every guy out there is looking to last longer. You want to go a few extra rounds in the bedroom? Blue Chew is a performance enhancement for the bedroom. Blue Chew has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so they work. Plus, Blue Chew is a lot cheaper. Since they're chewable, they work faster than the pill. This is the first chewable for your loaf. All loaves matter. This isn't something to be embarrassed about, okay? Everybody wants to have a fantastic time in the bedroom, okay? These are confidence pills, and they help you go 15 deep rounds in the bedroom. If sex was an Olympic sport, Blue Chew would be banned. You get what I'm saying? You could take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And you could order online. No embarrassing doctor visit needed. No pharmacy lines. You order Blue Chew online. It's the same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, but in a chewable form so it works faster and it's so much cheaper. Plus, who wants to go to the doctor's office? Here's a great deal for you guys or girls that want to surprise your guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using the promo code LOAF, L-O-A-F. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. The promo code is LOAF for certified, guaranteed sugar dicking. Go to BlueChew.com now. Your father was a, a sports a writer, legendary sports writer. So if I said to you, uh, Maury Povich, throughout your life as a kid, as a fan, as an adult now. I was a bat boy. Were you really? For the Washington Senators baseball team in the 1940s. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I, Ted Williams was, I was Shirley Povich's kid. My father's name is Shirley. He's from Maine. So they had a lot of names like Marion was a boy's name or a girl's uh-huh. name. It's a Yankee tradition. And I was always Shirley's kid. I mean, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Stan Musial. You, you, you handed them bats, picked up yeah, bats? Yeah, sure. What, what's your, out of all those icons, Mickey Mantle? Was he, I, got, he was, after he, by you. the time, well, by the time I, I, I was an adult, but I was, a, I started as a sportscaster, so I covered Mickey Mantle. So as a kid, what is your, your best memory of being a bat boy? And what is your, like the guy where you're like, that guy, you know, stepped on my foot or like, what, like, and that's crazy. The, so the, those old photographs, those old baseball. I got black and white photographs of me with, you know, remember the old flannel uniforms? Yeah, yeah. The hot, the, right? hot flannel uniform. You had that. Oh, I had them. And I was only six, seven years old. So the, the greatest story of me as a bat boy was 
it was in spring training and I was the bat boy and somebody had a hit and I was watching the hit at home plate, picking up the bat and the guy scores slides. I go tumbling around and the owner of the team tells my mother that kid of yours better start watching about his job and stop watching the action. And you remember it? Oh yeah. I remember it. That's cool. That was, and also, I also remember, you know, I started smoking behind the right field fence you know, when I was eight or nine, because everybody smoked. What a and memory. I, and and I the che- bowl players smoked, oh, right? Always. And they all, they all chewed, you know? Right. I took one when I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15, uh, when I was around there with my father, I took one chew, and I almost had to go to the hospital. Yeah, you know, that's not for Jews, Ashkenazi Jews. <laughs> no. Like, that's not what we're... Not I tried stuff. it one time, too, when I was into baseball right. and Bucky Dent right. and... And I was like, you know, you'd see everybody on TV doing it. And I bought it at a deli around here. But uh, so, so what, who are your five favorite athletes of all time, Just, of, of any sport? Like if I say more all Povich, time, you're five, okay. whether, whether you covered them or not. Just like you're like your guys. Muhammad Ali is number one. Okay. Number one. Did you have any experiences with him? Yeah, I've had, I had a couple of experiences. Well, a few. In 1971, my father was, was very friendly with Angelo Dundee. Yep. And Angelo Dundee was, was uh, Muhammad Ali's trainer. And they're f- training for the uh, first uh, Ali-Frazier uh, fight in 1971. And it was a closed-circuit television. A guy named Jerry Parencio was owning it and running it and wouldn't allow anybody to do any interviews before the fight that he didn't control. And couldn't do a a documentary or anything. So my father gets Angelo Dundee in the Fifth Street gym in Miami, finds a way for me to get in there, and I interview Muhammad Ali before the Frazier fight. And you know, Ali was, Ali was, Ali, when he used to have interviews, he was amazing. He would start out in this very soft, slow, and you're going to say, am I going to get anything out of him? And within a minute, he was off to the races. He was just this remarkable performer, both in and outside the ring. And then later on, when I was doing a talk show in Washington, I did this show called Panorama, which was in the, in the 1960s and early 1970s. It was before CNN, and it was a very newsy Today show, and it was two hours a day, and everybody in the city watched it. The White House, the Hill, all the government agencies, because it was the only news program on. And I had Muhammad Ali and my father on at ah. the same time. And I said, I, I made the greatest mistake of saying to Ali, are you going to end up the way a lot of boxers end up? Where there's a famous bo- great boxer named Bo Jack who ended up shining shoes on the uh, streets of Miami, Florida. And he looked at me and he said, you know something? You ain't as smart as your daddy. Ali said that to (laughs) you? Yeah, he says, you're not as smart as your daddy. And what did you say? I said, you know something? You're damn right. Did you feel like you... you I absolutely made the stereotypical mistake. Was your heart racing? Absolutely. Man, that's a great... I mean... He means so much to me. I mean, to everybody. But like those moments, you know, to have a life, like talk about a life. Right. And, the, and the, we would meet 
occasionally, and we, we became, we're not friends, but we mm. came, became friendly, especially through his last wife. And uh, the other thing we had together, we had the same birthday. Oh, well, that's cool. January 17th. So, uh, so that, and he knew that. And so, it, I mean, we would see each other. He was, you know, he would always, he'd always want to fight you, you know? Right. He'd, he'd always want to, he'd always get in a stance and want to fight. I love that. I and, love and that. And he was, and, and him and Cosell were the greatest act on TV. The best. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Cosell, talk about a personality right. and I mean, a voice. I, I and Howard, I, Howard got mad at me one time, wrote a book called Tell It Like It Is. Uh-huh. So he came on my show, and I knew him, and he, my father. Which show did he come on? Oh, it's this local show, Panorama okay. in Washington. It was probably the early 70s. And I introduced him as, ladies and gentlemen, my guest is Howard Cosell. He's changed his name. He wears a toupee, and his book is called "Tell It Like It Is." That's funny. <laughs> he, you're very upset. At me. That's funny. That's funny. Um. Uh, so okay. So Ali's up there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, magic to me is very important. I totally agree. Very important. I totally agree. Uh, it, so special. And what a life. Right. And the way he. I mean, you've been around him. Sure. You know, one time I was at a, at a dinner party. It was a birthday party for somebody. He was there. And, you know, he's six foot nine. He's sitting like in a sort of place where I wouldn't even sit, like in the corner. Every person that came over to him, man, woman, I mean, they're all coming over. Right. He stood up and said hello. Right. And sat back down. And this is six foot nine, 260. Right. Stood up. And I was like, just, I mean, just a gentleman. They, right. You know, they were, whether they knew him, didn't know him, just regular friends. Stood up and said, and I was like, I was, I'm basically a, uh, I'm not a friend of, of magic. The reason why I know magic is my magic, magic and my wife are the greatest of friends. That's See, cool. My wife anchored for years in Los Angeles for about seven years. And he was playing then. He would take my wife to the, what's a chicken and waffle house or something. Roscoe's. Like that. Yes. And so he would, he, they would go there all the time. So anytime years later, when Magic and the, was around with the Lakers afterwards, but he would travel sometimes, and Connie and I would go to a Nick game. Ah, he would just light up as soon as he saw my wife. That's so, so that's cool. why I know Magic. That's <laughs> it's cool. All because of my wife. That's cool. But so, he's easy to love. He sure is. I mean, he and. I mean, when you think of him, he w also Connie did the first interview with him after uh, HIV. Oh, uh. and he gave Connie the first interview, mm. and because he was so comfortable with her, right? And um, I mean, it, when you take a look at everything that's gone on in his life, you talk about smart. <laughs> he built. He, he's built a financial empire. He, he got LeBron to the Lakers. They're going to wind up being like, you know. They're you gonna, think they'll do something? Yeah, they're going to do something. They're going to do something this year. They're going to do something next year. They're going to, as long as LeBron's healthy, they're going to do something. But so he got him there. So you're around NBA stuff. What, what do the players think of Silver, Adam Silver? That I don't know. I think they think he's cool. But I, I can't say because that, that I don't know. That, that I don't know. What do you think of him? I, I think it, I, I think. The, the Donald Sterling thing 
made him because right. it was like his first week on the job. That was nuts. And so I think he did the right thing there. Yeah. And then did you see what they're doing about trying to shorten the game again? Yeah. What do you think of that? The, they're trying about to, the rebound. They're trying to they're, an offensive they're, rebound. They're trying to when it, when it, when an offensive team shoots the ball and gets the rebound and the it hits goes the, to fourteen instead seconds. of twenty four seconds. Right. What is your opinion on I that? I like that because of why? Because we're going to have action quicker. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I think it's good. Why do you think the NBA is so popular in terms of sports? I think the NBA is. Yeah, so- in fact. In fact m- on the up when football and baseball are on the down. I think the NBA, because the players are the coolest, you know, LeBron, Kobe, they're they're young. Um, the game is sexy, it's international. The uh whether you really like basketball or not, you know the players. Football, they're still you know, they have to it's put the, the mask. Help. It's the it's the headgear Let and a- the mask. I was it's the a- same thing with hockey. You don't see you don't know who they are. I was at a, a New Orleans Saints practice. And I love the New Orleans Saints, and I follow football closely. I couldn't tell who the hell was who without the helmet on. Once they put the helmet on, I go, oh, there's the ponytail. I, with their helmets off and out the, without the numbers, I didn't know – I don't know their faces. Like, unless it's like Odell Beckham or somebody. you don't see their faces. Yeah, that's why I think Odell there's Beckham no, does the blonde that's hair. That's why I, I always tell – you know, I, I always get upset. Because, I mean, I'm an old sportscaster. I, I get upset when sports – casters and when you go to the locker room you always go to the same players right it's always the same faces do you think i mean there are 50 some people on the team and you go to the same three all the time have athletes always you know in your experience been as guarded as they are because i feel sorry for the nba players and the fact that it's a 365 day a year they can't even talk shit to each other anymore because right. if they say something, whether it's caught in exactly. the lab, it'll be on Instagram. Social, social media has killed any chance of athletes being themselves in front of the public. They can't say anything. No. They're talking like they're mobsters with their hands covering and their mouths. On the other side of it, all of them have handlers. Right. They're like debutantes. They got handlers. Did the you- only, by the way, the only sport that's not true in, believe it or not, is hockey. Right. They're much more approachable. Hockey player. I play a lot of golf with hockey players. Much more approachable. Much more unguarded. Mm-hmm. It's, a different, it's a different kind of person. Because they, they never made the real big money. Right. And there's not that AAU. There's not like he's been famous since he's 13. Right. Did you see, uh, and I'm going to let you go because I, I don't want to keep you too long. Did you see last night on HBO LeBron James's show? No. What was it? Was it it's good? called The Shop. And it's him and a bunch of athletes sitting around talking. You have to watch it because I have my opinions about LeBron James as a player, but as a person, I think he's fantastic. I, I, I would love to hear your opinion. I've never seen an athlete, even a star, like an actor, rapper, singer. He was, as, I mean, not just the things he was saying, the way motherfuck this, fuck this. I was like, what the? It was, but, but you know, like just speaking like how he speaks like unfiltered about everything see i i have this view about lebron and kobe more lebron than kobe kids never went anywhere in education other than high school and they are so smart yeah and so savvy and so understanding of the climate in which they live 
it is remarkable. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much smarter than I am in terms of trying to judge what's, what's going to happen, look in the future and, and be a visionary. These kids never made it out of the, after the 12th grade. And, and you know he, was, he could have done anything. They weren't going to fail him. Right. From, from eighth yeah, grade on. I don't know how much he went to school. Who knew? He, I mean, you know, whether he was or he wasn't, it's like he could do whatever. I mean, he's, he's a star athlete. Right. So, I mean, I, <clears throat> I think he's quite remarkable. Me too. And, uh, and not only that, I mean, I still believe that, I mean, maybe a hair over the, you know, maybe the absolute zenith is over for him in terms of being a player, but he's the most dominant player, I think, in the league. I, it's not even close. It literally, like last year, his 15th year, it, it's like you can give the MVP to whoever you and want. how about that? 15th year. And those legs. And I, I can't tell you how many former NBA players I know, and this is from years ago, every one of them, hip replacements, mm -hmm. knee replacements, can't play much anymore, never were really good after about 31 or two. Mm-hmm. And that's after they went to college, which mm -hmm. means they only had 10 years in the league and mm -hmm. they were really good. He said 15. And I don't and running, see it stopping. And running much more than guys in the old days. He's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. That being said, as far as a, a, a sports person that I love to root against, but also appreciate the greatness, he's my favorite. Him and Tom Brady. I can't stand them both as players. I can understand that. But it, they're not on my I'm team, I'm not a Maury. Patriot fan. I'm not a... I'm not a I wasn't a Cavalier fan. I wasn't a, a Miami fan uh, with LeBron. Right. Uh, but you got to appreciate it. Of course. It. But let me... Why do you think people have turned on the Warriors? Because they're so good. They're like, they're like the, the billionaire's boy club. They're like <laughs> this fraternity that... It's a, such a, an elite fraternity. Steph Curry, uh, you either love him or hate him. He, he so sort of without trying to be so sort of like everything looks so easy cool and he he never he like he you know he's never out of out of breath he walks to the free throw line and he's not trying to be like that's just how he is he's like he's an effervescent i don't ever use that word guy and they keep winning and 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 they they talk shit they have they have everything because they have the golden boy in steph they have the bad guy in durant he's one of the most polarizing From my hometown right and then you have Draymond Green, who's the great antagonizer. You have, you know, you have Steve Kerr. I mean, who's a, was a, was an ex bull. So now it's just we have to take them down. You have to take them down. And you don't care who does. Oh no, 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 no! I like them. I I was at Game Three in Cleveland with a broom, Maury. <laughs> I had a broom, an actual broom, a full not a not a sweeper. Not How'd a you get the tickets? NBA. Really? They, they didn't like that I had the broom, but in my opinion, Maury, you tell me if we think I'm crazy. It's game three. They're going to sweep them. I'm just there to help clean up. This is my, <laughs> and I'm thinking, why am I the only one there helping clean up? Like the sweep's coming. I got the broom. In Cleveland. Not everybody was happy about it. No. In Cleveland. No. Yes. In <laughs> Cleveland. By the time I got to my seat, because I was, I was at courtside at the beginning, by the time I got to my seat, it was like seven, eight minute you know, journey. I got a phone call going. That broom needs to be taken out of here. Oh, really? From the, yeah, they weren't because. But I, anyway, <laughs> Maury, Maury, Maury. I, we could do a whole sports podcast because I, 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 you know, like I, I love your interest in sports. Oh yeah. I mean, I watch. 
I watch everything. <laughs> and I'm fascinated uh, in every sport. Every single athlete is so much better than they used to be in terms of, in, in terms of talent. The evolution of man. It's unbelievable. It, I mean, it's unbelievable how fast they are. It's unbelievable how uh, expert they are. I mean, even in, in, in my game of golf. Right. I mean, these guys now, are the, these guys look like football players. The size of them. I know. And, and you never, if you were over 5, 10, or 11, people said, you can't play golf. You're not that, you'll never get the coordination. You'll right. never be that good. And in every sport, whether it be baseball or basketball or football, they are, they are unbelievable. Yeah. There's going to be one day there's going to be a point guard the size of Shaq in our lifetime. In the next 10, 15 years, there'll be a well, point. Magic played it yeah. at, at, at a crucial time. The same size of LeBron. Yeah. And, and, and then there's going to be a guy like doing stuff. You don't think LeBron can play point guard? I'm, I'm saying a guy who starts off as a point guard and like oh, starts plays, off. Like, like can who's play, like, can play the. Like literally, like it'll be like a Steph Curry guy the size of Shaquille O'Neal. Like he's shooting around the perimeter. It's the evolution of man. It's, I mean, these guys in the 60s and 70s, this, I mean, they were not like the old Knicks. My guys, it's not the same thing. I mean, they had, were insurance salesmen. <laughs> in the offseason. Right. They had jobs yeah. in the right. offseason. Right. You know, like they were butchers like and podiatrists. My, my, when I was a kid, all the baseball players were farmers in the offseason. Right. <laughs> so it's a different, now it's a full-time thing. They're jumping... You know, yeah, through hoops, rubber, they got yeah. rubber bands. Yeah, they think that you, you think the season is four months. Bull. No, the it's a whole bullshit. It's about nine months. Right. Ten months. Right. It's the whole, I mean, the football players. You, you got OTAs and mini camps and off season practice, off season in the gym. And they got hyperbolic chambers and ice box. You uh, know, it's a it's a different. It's evolution. So I, I mean, it's it's good. All right. Maury Povich, I can't tell you how I, much I appreciate this Michael, conversation. It's my pleasure. I'm so happy. You know, you got a lot. I saw you got over a million followers on Twitter. For yes, out yes. Loud. Lovers, they're, they're lovers and haters. Really? Oh, I mean, they don't all love. I mean, the way I talk, you know. You know, it's very interesting. I, I, I have a big Facebook account. And of course. In terms of the show and stuff. I can't read the comments. Can yeah. you? I mean... I don't read them like I used to because I figured it out now. I used to, like I'm saying used to, like I'm talking about like six months ago, eight months ago, because it's, it's, it's so new. You know, I, you read them, but like now I get the game more. But I'm not, I, I am a very easily antagonized person. Right. But now that I get, like they're going to comment, you can say, uh, uh, it's a beautiful day out. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> you know, it's a, what a great day in That's New York. Right. Kiss my fucking yeah. ass. Your movie sucks. You suck. I have a friend who you might know. A good friend is Michael Wilbon. Yep. So Michael uh, actually was at the Washington Post when my father was there. And my uh -huh. father, he was there as an intern for crying out loud. And Michael says he won't read anything. Yeah. Won't read a thing. I'll read it, but I don't deep dive. You can't deep dive. <laughs> I mean, unless you're like, you, you know, like, you know, you have to know what you're getting. I get it more now. I used to be like, what the fuck? Fuck you, you know, now. But now I know that there's no winning in it. Like, there's literally, you could be like, what a gorgeous day. Kiss my ass, you loser. Right. You know, jump off yeah. a bridge, Or scumbag. you said something five years ago. That Anything. So, 
I, I really appreciate this, Maury. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Michael. All right. Congratulations to Maury Povich. 21-year anniversary of your show. Thank you so much for rocking with the best on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. What can I say? I told you this was Smithsonian quality, museum quality podcasting. We came, we saw, we conquered. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. We'll be back the rest of the week. My name is Michael Rapport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandigo, signing off. Thank you so much, Maury Povich, for coming on the podcast. Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with something really nice. Something real proper. <laughs> <laughs>